Welcome to Up in the Sky, aviation and travel podcast. Stay tuned for up-to-date aviation and travel news, followed by this week's topic of discussion. Now here's your host, Ebony J. everyone and welcome to episode six of up in the sky aviation and travel podcast with myself ebony j so i hope you have had a great week and also a great easter as well if you celebrate it so let's just jump into the recent aviation and travel news for this week First up, and some big news from Singapore Airlines this week, and they have actually been given a temporary ban from flying to and from Hong Kong, along with a small list of other airlines as well. So this comes after Singapore Airlines actually breached the Hong Kong rules for COVID, as one passenger who flew with the airline was able to get into the country, even though they had tested positive for COVID, and also three other passengers who also flew with Singapore actually failed to comply with the measures and actually did not self-isolate when arriving at Hong Kong. So this has led to a temporary ban for 14 days up until April 16th and Hong Kong have actually started to put arrival policies in place with the threat of airlines being banned for about two weeks. So these policies come into place if one or more passengers fail to comply with the COVID measures or if the airline actually carries more than five COVID positive passengers. So, to be fair, Singapore Airlines is actually not the first to be banned in Hong Kong for this, as it seems other big airlines such as Emirates was banned in January for two weeks, and also British Airways was banned back in December for two weeks. But Air India actually currently holds the top record from being banned in Hong Kong temporarily five times. So, let me know what you think. Should Hong Kong be banning airlines from flying to and from their country or not? Honestly, I do give props to them for making this an actual policy as it's really not fair to the citizens of Hong Kong who may have to go into lockdown just because of the few stupid mistakes people make when flying. But it also does have a big threat to the airlines as well. So I think it will make the airlines up their games. But also it might have some impact on Hong Kong if they keep doing these bans on airlines. It won't bring passengers in and won't help with the economy. But I do think they should have a threat and rules in place for airlines and have a punishment if they do break the rules. So back to the UK now and some news about Brexit. And it was actually revealed that a plane full of British expats were actually refused entry into Alicante near Benidorm in Spain when they tried to go there the other week. And they actually had to return to Manchester Airport on the 30th of March which was last Tuesday I think yeah that wasn't the other week that was last week so this comes as after Brexit happened certain rules were actually put in place meaning that if you were a non-Spanish resident you now have to have granted permission to stay in the country and to be there longer than 90 days meaning that in order to either work or study in Spain you now have to meet certain entry requirements 
to gain the required visas or work permits to stay in the country. So it was said that 40 passengers on the flight from Manchester to Alicante were actually turned away at the Spanish borders. So one passenger, Stuart Miller, said that the border forces were really, really strict and even turned passengers away that had letters from Alicante Foreign Office to state that they need to collect their residence cards when they arrive and questions what other proof do passengers actually actually need which is quite true if they actually have a letter saying they have been approved to be a resident and just need to collect their card they should have really been let in but the uk embassy in spain have stated that brits traveling to spain need to make sure they meet the requirements to enter the country and they have been made aware that many brits are facing problems with this however due to the rising rates in spain and europe it could actually be a while before these passengers that were turned away are able to enter the country again just due to those rising rates as Spain has actually called for essential travel only to their country and travel can only be permitted to those that are residents so if people are not mm-hmm. residents or haven't got granted permission they could actually be turned away again and they couldn't be in Spain for quite a long time so it could be a while before they get back to Alicante for study or work so we will see what happens there Okay, and over to the biggest airport in the UK now, and Heathrow, where it was announced this week that they will be inviting private companies to hopefully fund and build a new railway link from London Heathrow to the south of London. And that's costing about £1.6 billion. So the Department of Transport are hoping to open a new railway line to connect Waterloo Station to Heathrow with stops in Guildford and Woking just to sort of attract those within the south of London and make it easier for them to get to Heathrow rather than travelling all the way to Panton on the underground and getting the Heathrow Express or even the longer route on the Piccadilly line, although that is much cheaper, I I seem to know. So Christopher Stokes, the CEO of the HSR, which is the Heathrow South Railway, is aiming for the line to be funded by the private sector and hopefully not take a penny from public investment. And it's believed that the profits will be enough to provide a full return of the capital costs and aims to carry around 33 passengers a day, helping to meet Heathrow's target of transferring 3 million journeys to and from the airport, from road on the motorway to rail by 2050. So with the HSR being backed by the engineering company Acecom and other investors who have funded the development, the scheme is hoping to find hopefully other investors to partner with and they're hoping to do that hopefully by the end of the summer in order to get the railway developed and start operating and building the rail line. However, it would be good to see in the future how they do get on with finding the other funds for the line as with brexit and covid that has led to a one billion pound cut in upgrades to railway lines the project might not be able to happen for a while so it would be interesting to see how they go about this to see if it's going to be developed and built in years to come or if it's just going to take a little longer like the hs2 so over to germany now and some tourism news in Germany this Easter weekend after authorities actually had to ask hundreds of passengers or tourists to leave the state of Mecklenburg, I think I pronounced that right, in the West Pomerania after not supplying an actual valid reason to stay within the state. 
So the state is actually known to be a really popular tour- tourist destination in Germany, especially for day trips and overnight stays, as it's sort of a beach resort near the Baltic Sea. So with the rise in cases of COVID in Germany and more directly in the state of Mecklenburg, travel is actually not permitted unless essential. So on the popular Easter weekend, where a lot of people do go travelling, 790 cars were actually checked with 340 people on Good Friday and a further 193 people on the Saturday being turned away from not actually having a valid reason to visit the state and were only going there to visit the beach in the popular destination. So the state police have stated that all citizens are to observe the current coronavirus guidelines and only visits to immediate family are allowed. I understand how hard it is to be trapped in your local area. I live in a small village and sometimes it's hard to get out of the county or out of the town. But I would I would do anything to go somewhere different, especially in this time and in the such good weather as well. But you've also got to think there are rules that need to be followed in this pandemic and the rules are put there actually for a reason, just to ensure that there are no further cases and no further deaths deaths due to the pandemic so hopefully if people did stay at home in germany the cases will go down and hopefully people can then travel to destinations and see family again so we'll just see what happens with the cases in germany within the future and on to the final bit which i just wanted to discuss of boris's recent announcement on monday about traveling throughout the pandemic as the cases are actually going down in the UK at the moment. So it was announced that on April 12th domestic travel can happen within England so people can go to holiday parks, seaside destinations. So that would be great to see actually people getting away and travelling again and hopefully can build up the economy within those seaside and popular destinations as shops can actually open as well so arcades i think arcades can open i'm not sure so arcades shops local restaurants can open only outside though but to have tourists come back to these destinations especially if there is good weather it will definitely bring businesses up in revenue and profits so that would be good but unfortunately boris didn't really state whether foreign travel will be allowed on may 17th He sort of said we will have to see about the rise in cases in the UK and Europe. So I know we're going down in COVID cases, but Europe's actually going up and there there are many places going into lockdown. So I don't think we'll see how it goes in the next month. But in my opinion, I don't think foreign travel will be allowed so soon. It is totally Boris's decision. So if it was me being prime minister, and I knew COVID cases were rising in Europe, I'd definitely sort of close the borders. And like he does, make travel essential only if needed. But we will just see what happens with the cases in Europe. But if it was me, I definitely wouldn't do it so soon. And I'd probably say about maybe sometime after June when they're hoping that COVID will be sort of a thing of the past and everything can all open back up again. But... I don't know. I think domestic tourism will be a really big thing this year, especially as maybe some people are shielding, some people might be too scared to fly to other destinations with the fear that they 
might be stranded. So it'd be interesting to see what side people take, if people do want to go on foreign holidays, if people do want to go domestically. I've only got one holiday booked this year and it's literally up the road about 40 minutes away. I'm going to Centre Parks in September. That's the only one I have booked for now. I'm not thinking of going abroad anytime soon. No. I do want to go to Gibraltar, maybe over to America, but I know there's so many restrictions in place at the moment. It would probably be a bad idea. So I think I'm just going to stick with the centre parts. And then if I feel like it, maybe take a trip down to the south coast, maybe to Bournemouth or Weymouth. So I think it'd be nice to explore like the British tourist destinations and not just go straight to a resort destination in Spain or something. But it would be interesting to know, hopefully in the future, what level, how beneficial domestic travel is on the UK economy and also if international travel will be allowed and how those levels go up and how that would benefit certain tourist destinations, hotels and also the airlines just to see if their passenger numbers go up. So let me know what you think about Boris's recent announcement and what you think the future will hold for UK travel and also international travel. So you can contact me on Instagram at Up in the Sky Aviation Podcast. <coughs> okay. <coughs> oh, I had a coughing fit there. So that is the end of the travel news for the avi- recent aviation and travel news so up next is our topic of discussion about the history of british airways from 2010 to 2021 so present day So last week we discussed the history of British Airways from the start-up in 1974 to the end of the century in 1999 and this included the introduction of the supersonic jet in the Concorde and also the formation of subsidiaries, some mergers within British Airways and also some alliances including the One World Alliance Group that is still going strong today. So let's just jump back into it and head to the year 2000 and the start of the new millennium and British Airways announced their new World Traveller Plus fare to their long haul flights. So this meant that cabins will have more space and also more facilities within the aircrafts compared to the World Traveller class. And this was aimed primarily at the Heathrow to JFK route, which brought in a lot of business passengers. And in the same month, BA actually invested £17 million in gaining an 18.3% sharehold of franchise partner Comair based in South Africa. So on to February 2000 now, and British Airways announced that they were spending money on a new business strategy in their e-commerce and e-working to up their online sales to about 80% and hopefully saving £175 million in what they would normally spend on sales and purchasing within their offices. So the airline went to spend £100 million on creating online websites including a lifestyle portal, a portal for passengers to keep track of their air miles and also a portal for online travel agencies. A month later, in March, BA also completed its acquisition of gaining a 9% share in Spanish airline Iberia before actually forming a country with a country, a company with six other airlines to sort of operate a internet market, 
marketplace linking the airlines together to sell goods and also services. So other airlines included quite a few American airlines, including United, Delta, American Airlines, Continental and also Air France. So by May, BA actually announced that it would be the first in Europe to create a multi-airline travel agency, giving passengers up-to-date info on airline fares and also created an airline an airline also created a website giving advice to on BA services to those in the leisure and travel industry with their agencies. And two months later, BA offered a trial to actually try online checking on their websites so people could check in 24 hours before their flight, which actually proved to, a, to be a success and is even around today. I've done a few online check-ins on a few flights and it's just so much easier, especially if you've got hand baggage as well. You can just go straight to security, no bother with checking. So by July, BA brought their 11th franchise with startup Italian carrier Jet Italia and they flew out of London to go to Rome four times a day. Then in July, we sadly saw the crash of the Air France Con Concorde aircraft at Paris Charles de Gaulle Airport just as they were taking off the tyre sort of pierced and it set alight and it did cause deaths of all passengers on the flight. But I will discuss the crash within a future episode, hopefully within the next coming weeks. But because of this crash, British Airways had to suspend services on their Concorde jet and they ended up having to add extra seats and extra availability on their aircrafts going to New York, such as the 747. So a month later, BA actually started up a positive small business scheme called On Business, meaning that employees of these small businesses could spend money on BA tickets and in return would earn points that would be able to let them access a range of travel rewards, which include free flights, chauffeur rides, train tickets and also hotel vouchers. That would actually be quite good. I know we do have reward schemes, but I don't think they range from free flights and hotel vouchers. So by the end of 2000, BA added another franchise to their airline group with Lampian Air Services that flew from Johannesburg, which was their base. So on to 2001 now, where BA were focusing on developing their Concorde aircraft with a focus to their safety with a hope to bring the Concorde back to services and resume in the future after the crash. Also in January, BA actually offered a quite valued fare with 10 to 18% discounts on their domestic and European routes due to those routes having a low profit compared to the long-haul routes. And in June of 2001, British Airways decided to sell their low-cost subsidiary go to private company Free Eye for £100 million, I think it was. And later, Go was actually sold on to EasyJet, where EasyJet actually merged Go into their airline and got some routes out of Stansted. And a month later, with the focus being on the Concorde, the Concorde actually first review, resumed their flight a year later after that severe crash in Paris and then on to, to September 2001 which became 
one of the worst days in aviation history. So as you may know, on the 11th of September, four aircraft were hijacked. So two crashing into the World Trade Center, the North and South Towers in New York, and one crashing into the Pentagon in Washington. And then the fourth aircraft was brought down by passengers and was said to be heading to the White House in Washington. So throughout the day, over 4,000 people were killed and flights that were up in the air at the time were diverted to particular destinations. I know a popular one was Newfoundland up near Canada. And this was just to clear the airspace, so there was no other threats at all. So throughout the day, staff at BA volunteered their services to help out within airport terminals and they were able to help them go on to new, get booked onto new flights just to explain the situation just to say their flights were cancelled and to help those that may have been stranded in tourist destinations so with numbers declining in traveling as people were too scared to travel after the terrorist attack BA actually brought in a new business response scheme, reducing flying up to 10% and reducing workforces if this case was ever to occur again and major disruptions brought low, mass, low passenger numbers. And within safety, British Airways actually put into put armour-plated cockpit doors to meet security measures on all of their aircraft just so passengers won't be able to get into the cockpit and the attacks wouldn't happen again. So to October now, a month later, and British Airways actually merged two of their airlines, City Express and British Airways Regional, making them the second largest regional airline in Europe, carrying up to 5 million passengers a year. So to 2002 now, and in March, the subsidiary City Express was launched to fly to over 48 destinations. However, due to low profits on some destinations, 12 routes were actually scrapped two months later. By May of 2002, nope, we're still on 2000, yep, we are in 2002, I'm getting so confused with my years now. So by May in 2002, BA then sold their German subsidiary, Deutsche BA, to EasyJet with the option for EasyJet to buy that for 40, 30 to 46 million euros, which is quite a lot of money. So by July 2002, BA actually made an, another alliance with SM Brussels Airline based in Belgium code-sharing on a range of their flights to and from Brussels and Heathrow and that was to start from the end of October and by the end of the year City Express actually gained a popular route out of London City Airport which is one of the first BA had but unfortunately due to low profits with other routes they had to withdraw from 21 other routes and also found that they could no longer fly from Cardiff and also from Leeds Airport. So on to 2003 now, and there was a new addition to the 747 aircraft going to and from New York with the opportunity for passengers to connect to internet on board with a new scheme called the Boeing Broadband, meaning passengers could actually access emails and also go onto certain corporate websites, which could really help business passengers with their time on the flights. So then sadly in April 2003, due to low passenger numbers and the impact of the crash in 2001, BA announced that the services on their Concorde aircraft will end in October of that year. Then by October, BA had their last Concorde flight from London to New York. 
and after this all the Concords were withdrawn and kept in various locations including Manchester Airport and London Heathrow Airport itself. So on to 2004 now and BA announced that they would be putting wireless connection into 80 of their lounges around certain airports and they also included an option on their booking system online with the chance to choose their seats and meals on board. Okay and a few months on in May 2004 Her Majesty the Queen actually visited Heathrow Airport to celebrate the partnership between BA and UNICEF on their 10th anniversary of the partnership and to celebrate their Change for Good campaign which actually raised I think it was around 18 million pounds in donations and then towards the end of 2004 BA actually offered a drive-through check-in I think it's a drive-through check-in yeah a drive-through check-in I'm thinking is that real <laughs> but I remember researching it a drive-through check-in for their club world passengers so people could just drive up to a certain area in the airport and check in and then go off to their lounges to depart on their flights which is quite easy but I think it should be might be quite expensive yeah so by 2005, BA becomes a partner in the bid to host the Olympics Games in 2012 with the bid to host in London. And they collected 1,000 signatures and aimed to transfer the bidding team to Singapore for the decision vote, which I think was in July. And in July, the vote for the London Olympics was actually successful and we actually got to host in 2012. So... In September in 2005, BA started a su sustainable aviation scheme and with their booking system, they let customers actually make a voluntary com contribution to the Environmental Trust when booking tickets on a flight. And by the end of 2005, BA actually made an agreement with the Two Swords Group on the sale of interests on the London Eye, which BA actually sponsored at the time, which is actually quite... A big attraction in London I have to say it's one of the most popular attractions people go to in London and they were able to sell their interest for 95 million I think it was so 2006 now and a big change for City Express which was changed to they got their name changed to BA Connect in January of 2006 and they actually didn't actually change their name in January, but it was proposed that they would change their name to BA Connect in January uh, from March of 2006. So within the same year, BA actually won the World's Best Airline of the Year at Sky at the Sky Chats Awards, and also won Best Airline at the Business Traveller Awards for the same year. So it's quite a good year for BA with their awards, and. In October of 2006, BA actually launched a competition inviting engineers and manufacturers to submit proposals for new aircrafts that could be a possibility to build by the end of the year. So included in this, Airbus, Boeing, Rolls-Royce and General Electric were all invited to participate. So a month later in November, BA actually decided that they would sell BA Connect, their regional airline, to Flybe, which was another regional airline quite popular within Europe. And that was with the agreement that BA would actually have a 15% stake within Flybe within the agreement. 
so to 2007 now and in March BA actually announced that Heathrow was to open a fifth terminal within their airport and it would open hopefully a year later in March 2008 with tickets for flights out of that terminal actually being released online about a month later then on to August now and BA was actually fined 270 million by the authorities in both the UK and US for infringement of competition laws which was quite a big investment and loss to the airline so throughout the year trials on the Terminal 5 actually took place with trial turnarounds of aircrafts including their 747 which was one of their biggest aircrafts and even 1,250 volunteers came into the terminal to act sort of as customers to see how the staff at the terminal would cope on to 2008 now and BA opened a new subsidiary called Open Skies flying through the US and Europe on quite older aircraft the Boeing 757s carrying over I think it was about 80 passengers per flight so also within the same month crew were praised for their actions on a certain flight landing at Heathrow that departed from Beijing as as the I think it was a 777 as the aircraft was landing it accidentally came short of the runway at Heathrow and had to sort of make an emergency landing and emergency services were called out but only 12 people had injuries so crew were actually praised for evacuating the aircraft in such a short amount of time. So within the same year it was also announced that BA would actually play a big part in the London 2012 Olympics in four years time allowing staff to join in the festivals also offering charter flights for the Olympic torch relay and investing 40 million into the London Olympics over the next four years. So to March now and Her Majesty the Queen came to Heathrow to officially open Terminal 5 however on that day the celebrations were a bit short-lived when problems with their baggage system and also other factors caused delays in flights from the terminal however BA did remain upbeat about the future of the terminal apart from this first day that is still known today to it's sort of part of history that BA Terminal 5 didn't go as well but back to it so in November a major review was put in place after the recession in 2008 and due to unprecedented conditions this brought actually low profits and low passenger numbers to the industry as people were losing jobs and businesses were going out and becoming bankrupt so people didn't have enough money to afford flights so to 2009 now and a third runway was actually approved at Heathrow by the UK government with the opportunity for BA to actually expand their route network with the additional flights coming in and out of Heathrow each day. And in the same year, subsidiary Open Skies actually merged with French line, let me pronounce this, La Avion, I think that's how you pronounce it. And by the summer of 2009, there was actually a small outbreak of swine flu. And this meant that BA actually had to make the decision on where to fly to as its origin of the disease was actually from Mexico. But BA actually commended their staff and crew for their support during the outbreak. And by the end of 2009, British Airways and Iberia signed a memorandum. I think I said that right. Let me know if I didn't. Of understanding, keeping their brand and heritage 
with a merger of the two airlines fully expected in 2010. So that meant that they could keep their logos and branding on their flights, but they were actually merged into one airline. So on to a new decade now, to 2010. And this was the year where the BA merger was signed between Iberia and BA a merger for a merger document to go ahead and get approval. So the merger document was signed in March and it finally got approval, I think it was November of the same year. Also within 2010, in September, a transatlantic agreement was signed between BA American Airlines and Iberia to be put in place in October of that year, just before Iberia and BA merged. And to 2011 now, and in January, the merger with Iberia and BA was finally completed, forming the International Airlines Group, or IAG, and they started trading shares in both London and Madrid. So in May 2011, the cargo operations for both Iberia and BA were also merged, reporting directly as the International Airlines Group. And by the end of the group, BA end of the group end of the year BA decided to change their air mile programs to the Avios scheme which is quite popular with some other airlines I know that you can get points from I think they used to do Tesco club car points could go on to flights but I think they've changed that to the nectar points but you can do if you buy various from various different businesses you can actually get Avios points that can lead to getting free flights which actually is quite cool so on to 2012 now and in January BA actually unveiled their Dove design onto the Olympic and Paralympic aircrafts that they were going to use to transport some athletes to and from the Games. Some big gains that year for the IAG group as well in 2012 as in March the group and other group JAL which associated with Japan Airlines agreed on a business agreement covering routes within the East of the globe and also within Siberia which was a popular destination. Also a month later the IAG group mineralised their purchase of British Airlines BMI so that was able to merge and join into the IAG group and to help with the Olympics in May BA actually put their proposed charter flight on to transport the Olympic torch from Athens in Greece to the naval air station Cold Rose in Cornwall to start the relay of the Olympic torch before heading into London and this was on their I think it was their Airbus A319 so then on to the Olympics so on the 27th of July the Olympics 2012 London Olympics officially opened and BA actually opened up a park with loads of facilities loads of eateries and also big screens so the public could actually watch the games and that clocked up about 400,000 visitors I think it was and was quite, I would have loved to have gone there if I wasn't so young. I think I was about 11 or 12 when I watched the Olympics. If I was older, I would have definitely gone to that part just to feel the atmosphere of the Olympics. So on to 2013 now, and BA started introducing a hand baggage only fare to their flights departing from Gatwick. And this was actually to become popular on all routes in years to come. I know I use that a lot, hand baggage only don't like using suitcases I can go without sometimes I do trips with just a rucksack I'm a bit weird like that 
So by April of 2013, the IAG Group actually took over low-cost Spanish airline Welling. And in December 2013, BA actually became the first airline to introduce, introduce the use of handheld devices, including when the aircraft was taken off and landing. Because I know that you weren't allowed to use devices when you were taking off or landing. You had to keep putting them away. But I know now that you can use them. It's just laptops, laptops and tablets, I think, that you have to put away now. So on to 2014 now. And this marked the first flight on the BA's new, newly brought A380, which is the double-decker plane. And that first flight was from Heathrow to Johannesburg, which was actually a big success. Then in April, Finnair actually decided to join uh, the agreement between IAG and JAL Group to discuss sharing revenue on Pacific routes. And in May, BA started co-sharing on 174 routes that were served by Welling after they were brought by IAG. So that was a big co-share to be a part of. Now to the summer of 2014 and BA actually opened up a new crisis management centre near Heathrow and that would be activated if there was a course of major disruptions to help both staff and passengers within the disruption. Now September was a big month for BA making a code share agreement with Air Baltic on routes between Riga and Gatik. And it also invested quite a lot of money in a lounge within a popular destination in America, which was Washington. And towards the end of the year, BA actually came up with a rail air ticket scheme, which could let customers book a combined air ticket with a rail ticket for both Wales and the West Country if landing into Heathrow. And also by the end of the year, BA invested in a new lounge at one of the busiest airports in Europe, I think, Amsterdam Schiphol. So on to 2015 now, and at the start of the year, IAG put in a proposal to buy Irish airline Aer Lingus. However, this was rejected at first, but I know that Aer Lingus is now part of the IAG group. So in 2015, BA also partnered up with Kidsania in Westfield Shopping Centre. So Kidsania is sort of a place for children where they can take on sort of jobs and do a range of activities ranging around those jobs, sort of giving them inspiration. So BA sponsored the opening of an aviation academy, which sort of, which is quite good to like let kids know that there are jobs in aviation, which could be really fun. So in August 2015, BA was actually thanked for raising £320,000 for the Nepal Earthquake Fund. So the earthquake did happen a few months before causing devastation across the country. And this was by asking customers on flights to make a small contribution. So 2016 now, and BA unveiled its new concourse at lounge at the new Dubai International Airport, which is a brilliant place to actually have a lounge, actually, feel like due to all the connections that take place between sort of Europe and Australia. So that's a really good investment. So the airline also invested that year £1 million into renovating their first and business lounges in Terminal 5 in Heathrow as well. So on to May 2016 now and BA started flying out of London Stansted for one of the first times and they did flights to popular destinations including Spain and Portugal which is quite popular with tourists and British tourists definitely for those all-inclusive holidays. 
So on to July now and in the South Seaside Resort of Brighton, British Airways sponsored the I360 Tower. So this was a tower with a glass viewing pod that sends up to 138 metres, I think, and gives actually really good views of Brighton. I haven't been on it before, but I've seen it online. So next time I go to Brighton, I'll probably have to go on that at some point. So by the summer of 2016, BA used one of its 747s and named it Victoria i don't know how to pronounce it they named it victorious but they tried to put rio in capital letters if you understand that and that was to bring olympic athletes to and from rio in brazil after their competition at the 2016 olympics followed by the paralympians in september so 2017 now and in january ba operations at gatwick actually moved from the north terminal to the south terminal now, my favourite terminal at Gatwick is South. I flew out of the North once and I hated it. I'm so used to, like, I always flew to Guernsey from the South Terminal and I just know my way around that. And then when I was trying to fly out of the North Terminal to Santorini, I was, just got so lost. So within May of 2017, BA decided to return back to Regional Airport Birmingham after a 10-year break from operations there. And then on to the second May, May bank holiday in May. <laughs> and it, that weekend saw a lot of disruptions after a computer's failure in BA caused 75,000 passengers to be stranded in their destinations, along with hundreds of flights being cancelled. So I remember this really well. So myself and some of my family were in Santorini in Greece to attend my aunt and uncle's wedding. And we were all heading home on the Saturday of that bank holiday weekend. So most of us flew with the cheaper airline, EasyJet, back to Gatwick. But five, I think there was five of the family, including my aunt and uncle, that flew with British Airways to get back to Heathrow, which is closer to where we live. And the EasyJet flight that I was on flew back fine with no problems and the BA flight was departing a few hours later. And then once we landed back in Gatwick, we all found out we got messages from our aunt and uncles, aunt, our aunts, they're my aunts, they weren't anybody else's aunt and uncles, to say that they were actually stranded for a few days in Santorini due to the computer failure and they couldn't find any flights back so they had to wait until i think it was the following tuesday or wednesday but i do remember my aunt and uncle actually ended up flying over to athens and then athens back to the uk because i think they just wanted to get home sometimes if you spend too long in a destination you just get a bit sick of it and just want that you have that feeling that you just want to get home so in September, BA did some more investing by putting in £400 million into a new club, ex club world experience on their flights from Heathrow to JFK and also partnered with luxury lifestyle brand The White Company to enhance their club world long haul classes with better bedding and amenities. And by the end of 2017, BA began their operations called air and that introduced a high-speed wi-fi that would be installed on every single aircraft within the next coming years so on to 2018 now and ba introduces self-boarding gates at heathrow for those flying domestically so with these self-boarding gates they use technology that uses facial recognition so it hopes the images taken at the boarding gate matches with those taken at security and a month later after some success they actually bring this to both los angeles and orlando airport just to try and make the boarding a little quicker especially on bigger aircrafts 
Then in May of 2018, BA invest in their Scottish roots by adding a popular lounge within Aberdeen Airport, which is quite a big Scottish airport for most Scottish routes. And on to 2019 now, and not really much to say in 2019. There was a quite a few investments made, but the main event of 2019 was definitely the pilot strikes and they were on the 9th the 10th and also the 27th of september with pilots walking out over a pay rise that they should have been receiving as the company increased in profits even though the pilots were taking lower pay and pension due to bab loan finances within the past so the strikes actually led to hundreds of flights being cancelled and around 10,000 passengers being stranded and it was also costing the airline about £40 million a day to try and sort the passengers out. So my sister found out that her flight would be cancelled. So she was going to Florida, I think it was for two weeks. So she left at the end of August and was coming back around the 10th of September. And she found out before she left that her flight would be cancelled. So they actually got their flight rescheduled just before they left. And they got to spend an extra three days in Florida for free. So they went to Disney. So they got their three extra nights in their hotel for free with no increase at all and managed to get their flight back three days later. So then on to 2020. And I think one of the worst years that British Airways has faced due to the coronavirus pandemic. And within this year, the airline actually had to make 12,000 of its staff redundant due to insufficient funds and low passenger numbers, and also had to furlough quite a lot of staff as well. Alongside this, they also had to quickly retire all of their jumbo jets of the 747, as the big jumbo jets weren't actually needed anymore due to the low passenger numbers. And a lot of routes were actually suspended due to certain destinations travel restrictions because of the rising rates of covid and also the fact that there were low passenger numbers just because passengers were actually too scared to fly to certain destinations in case they are stranded and they do contract covid so at the moment ba flights are still going ahead to domestic and european destinations but have decreased their long-haul flights especially to places like america which brought in really strict travel restrictions but the airline is now hoping due to the lowering rates in the uk they can open up foreign travel hopefully like i said on may 17th and hopefully bring a rise back in travel and better profits for the airline but we'll just see how the UK rates go and also how Europe rates go because they are increasing, like I said. So we'll just have to wait and keep checking those COVID case numbers and see if Boris actually approves it on the 17th of May. So we'll just have to wait about five, six weeks for that. And I really bet British Airways and all these other airlines do think, hopefully, are eager to find out if it goes in their direction so they can start getting the airline back on track getting the passenger numbers up and hopefully bringing in profits again and hopefully employ the staff back again as employment rates right now due to pandemic are just over the top so there you have it that's the history of british airways and how it became to be one of the most well-known airlines in the world so i hope you enjoyed it i know it has been quite confusing here and there with all these alliances agreements and franchises 
but it is quite interesting. So for next week's episode, I'll be looking into the recent aviation and travel news. And then the topic of discussion for next week, I'll be looking into the US Airways Flight 1549 and how the crew managed to land the aircraft into the Hudson River. So I'm really looking forward to looking into this topic as I loved watching the Sally film. So I really hope you can enjoy me. Enjoy me? Don't enjoy me. (laughs) I really hope you can join me next week. So to end this, I'm Ebony. This is Up in the Sky and I hope you'll have a great week. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Up in the Sky. New episodes will be posted every Wednesday. Follow at Up in the Sky Aviation Podcast on Instagram for information and updates. Hope you all have a great week.